I'll get over it. Yeah, I'm going to um, get some wine, some Caduceus from Caduceus. The we just did a. It's Maynard from. Yeah, you don't have to wear the headphones. Just keep that close to your face. Yeah, well, you slide it wherever. Just keep like a fist away, and you can you know you can do this. You could do that. It feels like you can't because it's a little like a, like a radio station where it's hanging. Mm, we could just, we could do that. Hold on. No, it's all right. No, it's all okay. Honest. Well, uh, you know, I have one of those in my office. Like right, it, it just sits back over my monitors. Yep. But if I want to record a lecture or something, I just whoop, and it's hooked straight oh, into my. You computer. know, I really need to swing by. And yeah, check you out do. The office. I feel you like need to be a guest good... speaker in one of my classes. And well, I mean, tons that of shit happen. I guess. All right. Well, Brian Peden, your third appearance. Third? Second? Second? Third? It's third. Third. Okay. We did an audio only on the new digital oh, recorder right. I had. And also we, we had the two chairs. Like you came in last time in the midst of me trying to figure out what kind of studio I wanted. Right. Which we just went back to the original table format. Long table. I'm eventually just going to add a second camera. I, I think last time uh, there were complaints about my audio. The audio, yeah, the People audio. hated me. The audio wasn't super good, but... One person hated me. This and one is... listen to this one, screw you, Corey. This is, uh, this will be super quality audio. I've worked out a lot of kinks. Um, I just had kind of like a downturn, because, man, they were, like, I was working, like, teaching six classes for two different semesters, and I taught all summer, and I've kind of scaled that back to just the regular old five-class load off in the summers. And uh, so I've been podcasting more. Excellent. Yeah. How's the gym going? We're so that's uh, that's uh, we're about to move again. So uh, do you How know how many gyms have you been in? How many buildings? This will be in? this will be the fourth. Okay. Since I opened, it'll be the second that we've owned. Right. Right. So. But you guys, okay. So I guess you've lost patience slash the battle with Russellville over the property uh, stuff, right? Like you guys were hitting a lot of speed bumps that you didn't anticipate. Yeah, I mean if. Um, we definitely are playing a long-term game with those people now, if that makes sense. Because those people will be gone eventually. Right. Someone's you know? going to vote them out. And, and here's the thing, like... Of age. Of I can't... Age. I, I don't know anybody that likes any politician in Russellville more than most people like Cora. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. So... So Cora's it, running for office. No, not yet. I encourage her to, but she, she's, it's just not that time, you know? Right. I'd say she's going to uh, never do that. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. Well, she, she's not busy. We all know that she she doesn't do everything. Yeah. You see that question you just asked me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, that's the thing. It's like, the, it's going to be in the narrative forever. Right. And uh, so that's their result. Right. Plus anything else that happens in the future, you know, and uh, but we're moving. That solves all our problems. It doubles our size. It's the same square footage as what we're trying to build. Same mm-hmm. parking as we were trying to add uh, everything. Where's it at? How do you know where Back to Basics is at? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lawert is next to Tech. Mm-hmm. It's across the street from that. Okay, so like if you're like across, let's say you're sitting um, about to turn on Highway Seven to go to the interstate, like next to Tech, you know, Uh and Luertas is on your left, and you're sitting at that stoplight. Okay, you go across the road, you cross Highway Seven. There's a bank right there, Uh and there's like Cal, the old Cal Steel. Goodwill's right there too. Mm, Yeah, it's in the vicinity. Yes, but okay, so you know where. But it's across. Like Ruby Tuesday and Cracker Barrel and everything's that. Yes. So if you kept going, there's like some new hotels at the end, a couple of churches, it would make a a 90 and there'd be Tina's Gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And if you came back around, 
Right, which is that road that goes by the bank. Okay. Yeah. So, and they're wait. they're doing some improvements over there too that we're going to kind of capitalize on. But man, honestly what's happening is the city keeps changing zoning without telling property owners. They did that to us twice, Fun. and that was the the source of all. I mean, they illegally the people that were doing it, they didn't notify us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the city council just kind of quietly swept it under the rug. And and when you raised concern, everyone was just like, well, it's done already. Well, they never notified us by mail. They didn't put a sign out. They didn't do any of the parameters. They didn't contact any of the property owners. So I'm just wondering, why aren't you grandfathered in then? Well, we could have done that. And like right as we were like had a meeting with the city and like we were about to pursue like this three month plan mm-hmm. to try and rezone it back to two times mm-hmm. to our original zoning. And uh, that's just like we were either like that and then like right as that was going on, like even like a couple of days before, I believe Jamie McDougall, the guy that owns Back to Basics, he's moved to Northwest Arkansas mm-hmm. and he doesn't but the gym was still open and he's like hey you know like i guess he had got wind of our video Mm. Uh, we circulated several videos highlighting the inadequacies of the layout of the town in relation to what we were being expected to do which was add sewage and drainage i mean easily one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of code Enforcement And recently, uh, they had spent all this tax money uh, two streets over making a dead-end future street to tech that runs parallel with El Paso. I I just don't understand, like, how you... Is it just, like, a gross overestimation of, like, the amount of money the people wanting to invest in your town have? Like... It just seems like a massive barrier to success for It is, town. and that's what I kept bringing up in the meeting. I'm like, why Why have you made it this hard? It wasn't this hard the first time. And, like, I was talking with Johnny, the guy that owns Umami's yesterday. Same thing. Like, when he got in when, and opened the first Umami, it wasn't. Like, they didn't just code enforce him to death. But they're going back and code and Like, they'll change the zoning and then go in and be like, hey, you got to build this. You got to do this. You're in this zone now. And like what they did uh, to one of my friends uh, who's been on the podcast, he has a business on Parkway and they let his, uh, they didn't send him a notification that his, he needed to renew his license. You have to have a business license every year. And that's a, a method that they will use. And I've heard, they haven't done it to us, but they'll let you lapse, not notify you and then come back and say, Oh, you are not a current in compliance business. You don't have a license and you're out on this. So when you get a new license, you have to do that, mm. which was, pa- like which was pave and asphalt in front of his house. Right. You know, so it's that kind of stuff. And you know what? They're, they're sitting back arguing about doing social media. And I'm telling this story on my podcast. Mm. So battle, did they win? Maybe a battle. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'm winning the battle right now. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's they're losing the, the long game. Like, exactly. Just with you, I with just, everyone else who's going to move in with a moderate amount of money or at least a good business plan that could make money. Well, they're trying to keep the casino out. They're trying to keep the dispensary out. All this stuff. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-casino. Why? I wouldn't have wanted it in Clarksville either. So. Yeah. I mean, so probably some moralistic argument, which... Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's not a... Well, I mean, even financially, because like... Uh, uh, the economics I, are irrefutable. 
Well, I, I wonder about that. Who's who's coming to the casino in Russellville or or in the area? I mean, the number of people that go, like I don't do it, but they go to Oklahoma. Like I've done right. several podcasts yeah, about that's, this. That's issue. my point, though. Like you're going to draw, like there's going to be a line and there's going to be a radius around where you build the casino. And the, in that radius or, in you know, in that circle, you're going to have people who already go to casinos, right? Mm-hmm. And they drive an hour and a half or whatever to Choctaw or wherever. Well, no, it'll be a resort. People come from all over the state, I think, and it's on 40. Well, not if they have a closer casino that they already like. I mean, they may come check it out. I yeah, think, but. well, this is, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the plans, but like if the Legends Resort mm-hmm. happens, it'll be... With what they're doing with the amphitheater and the pools and all this stuff, it'll be the place to go in Arkansas. It mm. won't be... Maybe. It, you know, like they're going to bring in live music. It's sure. going to have all the features of the amp. Like I, you essentially, locals will not have to leave the restaurants. Like mm. all this stuff, like they'll put more restaurants in that casino, mm-hmm. arguably, than we have in the town now. Mm-hmm. Restaurants. Not fast food joints. That's pretty impressive. Russell's got a lot of restaurants. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't, man. It's got everything over there by Ruby Tuesday, Umami, and then a couple of mom and pops that will go out in a couple of years because of the stuff we're talking about. Because, yeah. yeah. And um, fast food. Yeah. Like, and a bunch of Mexican restaurants. Bunch. Which I, which I ate at one of them yesterday. They're great. I mean, we almost ate Mexican twice it's, in a row. It's not a negative thing we've just said. Yeah, but th- we really, I mean, honestly. Apparently, they're doing something right. <laughs> there's a new one every six months. Outside of the normal chain stuff we had, Umami was one of the first restaurants to come in. And then we've had bars. But it's like, mm-hmm. uh, the thing is with the casinos, you can't stop it because it's a state law. Like, right. that's and that's what everybody's trying to fight it. But it's like. That's just wasting our tax money. Like, I, I guess qu- my one of my questions would be a research question of uh, who's coming to it because people who already live in like the Fort Smith area already have a casino and they may come to our resort once in a while. But the amount of you only drive so I mean Choctaw so far or to what, get that was kind it Cher- which one is it right across the border? I think at it's Rollwood? Choctaw. That, it's a, it's like a metal building though. Yeah, like, but if you want to go gamble, there you go. You're there. Mm-hmm. Maybe how far how far are people willing to drive to get to the thing to the attraction that we've built? Well, I mean, people like use it in reverse. I know tons of people in Pope and Johnson counties that are willing to drive to Oklahoma. Right, and those people for sure will go to this thing. So no you, problem. there's no that's a secure population of people. Yeah, but there's you could uh, okay. So are people equidistance away? On the other side of Little Rock or on the other side of the Oklahoma border just as likely to come? I would say yes, because that Maybe. casino is a shithole. Well, you might say that, but do they have a better option further into Oklahoma where they don't have It'd to? It'd be Tulsa, but it's not as close. Hard Rock. Maybe. Uh, that's why I would have liked to have seen us get the Hard Rock, just for the mm-hmm. brand name recognition. But this Legends, man... Like I've looked at... Uh, Drew Brent came on, we did a podcast, and like looked at all the, the numbers of like the... Every town in the county gets like like whatever their annual operation cost is, they get that from the casino mm-hmm. every year that the casino is in business. Mm-hmm. So, kind of irrefutable economics there. That means that theoretically, yeah, as as the theoretically, they have to tax us less because well. they're talking about casino is going to build build Please. a convention center, likely. Um, that's in the, in the package of like every proposal 
And if that happens, well, they've been extracting tax revenue of this potential casino for 11 years that will be reimbursed to citizens. Like there's there's all sorts of stuff that goes into this mix of like we have been paying high taxes for that and we pay taxes for the aquatic center and they went way over budget and it ended up being a bona fide tech swimming pool. So it's like that's the way the administration is dealing with things. So quick question is, how, how does that money come back to the community? I'm not, uh, there's a process. You're not going to get a check in the mail. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you do, actually, because that money's actually just been in an account actually drawing interest. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You're telling me that the government's going to give me my money The back? local government, the mayor just said this. This last week, you wouldn't get it because you don't live in Pope County, do you? No, no, no. But I mean, if you did, if you were Pope yeah, County yeah, resident, yeah, I'm so, taking on that mantle right now. Um, the the, theoretically, yeah. Theoretically. But yeah, it, it, so he, the the mayor just said last week, he's like, "Hey, because that's probably what's I will move happen. to Pope County if if there's a check coming in the mail." Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should. I mean, I've I've been paying that tax for a while, so right. I'm I'm all about it. Like, yeah, send send me a check. I'll remember just, the I, stimulus check? Did you get one of those? I, I got, I can't remember, a few hundred bucks in the mail that back awesome. in, the, in the last recession. I've, I've never. No. But yeah, the it, government doesn't give me money back ever. That doesn't happen. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's like the, the amount of, ta- that's what I would say really is that the conclusion I've arrived at is that I don't think the system is based off of the conversation I had with this other business owner yesterday who generates, mm-hmm. I would say, eight times the annual income we do. Mm-hmm. which we generate a lot, but sure. we get, we pay a lot of taxes. He has a lot of employees who's telling me about payroll tax and yeah. the labor department for, uh, he has people that receive tips and all this stuff. But it's like from, if you put he and I on a spectrum mm-hmm. and then if you drew the line where we are now and you, you back the spectrum up to when like I first bought my current building, there is like a threshold. There is like a barrier to entry yeah. to get to where he is now. Mm-hmm. And where he is now is no better. Like, that's just kind of what I concluded is everything in the middle on that graph is just like high taxes. No, you know, no, no real benefits to do it. Well, that's that's where I'm at financially, personally, actually, like uh, I'm on government insurance, health insurance. And just taking that one aspect right there, if I make I think it's like twenty one thousand dollars in a year. Oh, well, actually, it's, you know, more than 13 something in a month. I lose I lose my health insurance. I have zero uh, incentive to make more than 20 grand a year because then I'll lose my health insurance. Okay, so what do you think about Bernie's platform? Uh, I I always again, it's going to be a it, I don't I don't have faith in like the whole model of well as a, as a big conversation. You I paid off your student loans, Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, that's I'm debt free. Both times, master's and undergrad. That's great. Um, yeah, I don't believe that the, the financial model works, that like everybody paying in. Does the, finance, the current financial model where Jeff Bezos pays zero and they're going to be the first trillion dollar company work? That sounds great for him. Uh, yeah, it I is. Mean, it, it, it is does. fantastic for so, him. His employees make starvation wages, by the way, well, I mean, $15 an hour. They could always kill him. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what they did in France, right? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, like, you talk, which time? The revolution, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. I you thought you're, t- I've been yeah, re- reading about the student riots during Vietnam because, okay. you know, uh, Vietnam being an original French colony. Yeah. Uh, that's an, in, in, 
looking at how France was reacting to that is actually an interesting topic. Post uh, battle of um, Dien Phu, where French forces are like, oh, we're just, we're just gonna get. <laughs> you guys got. We're out of here. Like it yeah. was like, and they're like, oh man, that was such a. That's how the United States got involved. Mm-hmm. But did you ever take Vietnam War? Uh, no. Oh, that's good. I never took it with Jeff Woods. I took it with Duncan, mm. but equally good. Equally good. Yeah, yeah. you've got to say that online. Did you? What well, did you ever have, Duncan? Mm-mm. I really enjoyed. Nor did Duncan. I have Woods. Really? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've only got four years, and you only you know figure out what you're taking two years in. I so. know, man. I'm probably going to go back in a summer session and take Dykema for Christianity. I've had that class. Yeah, yeah, I'm jealous. You I'll actually need Greece and Rome too. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I would love them. <laughs> just to, just for honestly, just for a thematic and topical you know, outline. Uh, to completely tangent and infuriate everyone listening, uh, I actually dug up my Greece and Rome notes and was looking at my section on Roman Kingdom, and I'm, I'm gonna come back at you later. I'm a bro. We should do. I've, I've sparked a fire in me now to like, I, dig up I, the sources. Etruscans. Yeah, that's where it is. It's who. <laughs> here we go. Microcosm. Uh, who who are the people living on the on the hills in Rome uh, at the time? I need to break down the aside seven hills. aside from legend. Uh, you know who are these people? Like loosely, they may be the Latins, but like there's the Latin League of other the other twenty or so cities mm-hmm. in the area in the peninsula, and then there's Rome, which you know gets conquered by the Etruscans in the six hundreds. And then it's like predominantly Etruscan, and then it's not predominantly Etruscan when we move into the Republic. That's kind of what the shift. Yeah, is. that was, and I wonder because if do you know the historiography of like like your sources like cause like Livy, and then right. you had I forget the Greek historian. I need to go there's back several, and look at right? that. Like, right, uh, there's one guy Dionysus of something or other, which there's forty of those. Uh, he believes that they the Etruscans were native to the peninsula. And then almost everyone else thinks that, like, Herodotus said Lydia, and everyone else thinks, like, some Aegean islanders. Okay, uh, who was it? Was it Herodotus that said they were refugees of the Trojan War? So, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the myth according to, was it Virgil in the end of the uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is a, there, it is, it is Ananias, a myth, yeah. uh, is the guy in the end of Troy when Orlando Bloom hands the sword over to the kid. Oh, I never met right? <laughs> um, And they go through the tunnel. Well, he ends up, you know, somewhere on the bank of the Tiber and marries a lady and then they move and they have kid, they have some children and then it moves down to Romulus and Remus who fi- find Rome. And, and the, you know what was fascinating to me is that Romulus ruled in a joint monarchy with a Sabine king. Yeah, maybe. After the rape of the Sabine women, they formed a joint monarchy. Sure. I'm, like I said, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah that, that was fascinating Did because... Did you know that we're almost 10 years... I'm almost 10 years out from college at this point, oh, like undergrad. Wow, yeah, dude. that's this next spring, actually. Uh, yeah, okay, so you Five doing months. what you're doing. I was just telling somebody this today because, like, okay... Um, some people, uh, I kind of picked up into this, is like uh, reread their notes that they write every day. Like, I don't write notes every day I should. I write a lot of notes. So. I don't think I have the mental energy for that. Well, like, I've kind of found that, like, I actually go back to them, like, years later mm-hmm. and interject them into, like, the contextual narrative that I've created since. So, like, I've, I've been doing that. I'm noticing that with my courses I'm developing. So, like, U.S. History 1, for example. 
I've gone, like I kind of had the rough rudimentary outline. I interspersed some of my notes, like the first little unit, but then I just tried to put it together myself, right? Following the book. Mm-hmm. But then I found, like, I got my course pretty much created. I found this uh, kind of companion, like this guy that teaches APUS. He he does these companion videos to the, my textbook. So I was like, well, let's see what the way this dude does his class. So I, like, watched all 15 of those 15-minute videos or something, each one chapter he does. But then I went back after I kind of taught the class two times right, and brought all of my notes back into it. And that process was super thought-provoking, super inspiring. It sent me off in all these other directions of looking things up and researching and just, like, reignited it. But that's how, like, all the notes I took mm-hmm. then, that's what I'm doing now that's kind of reinvigorating. I wish I would have done that more because mm-hmm. I didn't – I just pop out of grad school and I'm like, I'm going to teach college. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of like – You had it. to get your feet wet somewhere. Yeah. Like this process wouldn't work if you weren't teaching it. You know, unfortunately, the, the first four or five years of you teaching those kids, sorry. I, I talked <laughs> I to Woods about know. that the other day. Actually, I texted him and I was like, dude, in this U.S. History One class, because it was like the bane of my existence the first semester. In the second semester, I was like, uh. and then now I'm like, yes. Yeah. Right. And I like with different parts of the Civ One class, it's it's been like that. I'll get sued. Like when we start off with Egypt and Mesopotamia. So I'm like, man, I'm just redoing the seminar in ancient Egypt notes. Right. Like that's basically what I did. Um, and then, you know, in that class even. And then I set in on Krieger's Civ One. He does the Assyrians and the Persians. And, yeah, and, I have his notes from Civ One and Two. That yeah. was I did that senior year. I was like, I don't need these anymore, but I'm going to take them again. Yeah, I should let you. Um, one thing I'm doing is I'm putting all my notes in Blackboard. I should let you take a look at my shells because um, I did that with Derek and uh, Derek Rowley. You remember him, dude? He was in grad school same time as. No, yeah, really. I don't, I don't. Same time as you. Yeah, were we in at the same time, or no. did you graduate a little before me? So I d- I didn't go to grad school. Oh, you went. Tech. Oh, right. dude, yeah, you didn't get your master's in tech. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. You got. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, but when you said grad school earlier, I just like yep. I was like, oh yeah, I remember us working in that hall closet where Gleason moved. Yeah. Turn that wasn't grad school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was undergrad. Yeah, Oof. nearly ten years. That's wild, man. Yeah, just kind of blends together after a while. Some people I'm trying, and well, I haven't I haven't reached out to contact all of them. Tarver and I talked about it. But I'm trying to Dr. Tarver on. Um, Dr. Bush. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you have yeah, Charlie that on. That would be huge. You call me. Oh, yeah. I'm I would hope. love to sit in and just sit in the... I'll act like I'm taking notes or something. I would... <laughs> uh, you should. Like, we'll, we'll talk. We'll do a podcast on the Bush podcast. I would love that. I've been talking about wanting to have him on for, like, several podcasts. Like, I just got... Like, over the Christmas break... Have you break, seen Charlie and Paul? Like... I have seen him a few times since graduating. Like, it's been um, like five years. And I, I, it's funny because every time I'm like... It's Charlie Bush. It's these legends. He's like the guy changed my life. Like down by the old train station. Like I guess it's the chamber now. But like you know, like I'm. He's just out doing some errands or something. I was like, yeah. He. he, I saw him in a coffee shop probably a year ago, and he even like I'm. I'm always like skeptical because he had so many students. If he like remembers me, and he always does. Um, and I'm happy that he does. I think that's a skill. I don't know how. Yeah. And uh, but last time I talked to him, he was like, "You need anything? You let me know." And I was like. Yes, sir. Charles P. Bush. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I saw a diecomit the other day. Yeah. Um, I went, I went uh, on campus for a thesis defense. Mm. Uh, Thurman story. You were sitting in on it. I, I, I saw sat in it. On it. I've, yeah. I've seen some of your. Yeah, and then Thurman came on the podcast. I saw that, and he's coming on again uh, tomorrow. Rockstar. We're doing uh, a kind of comparison discussion between JFK and the Irishman. Mm, I want to see the Irishman, and I I guess I need to go and watch that podcast because I've heard some saw a Mandela effect video the other day, which are always entertaining. Yes. Um. And one was about like JFK like pictures and about like it just being, you know, John Kennedy and his wife and then there being two extra people in there. People remember it the photo differently. Um how many people were in the backseat of that car? Four. Apparently some people think it was two. I remember there being other people. Only because but that could have been a CIA guy jogging. Or, or not CIA. But oh, he, he climbs up, you know, like I see, you know, you see the, the photos of yeah. afterwards he's climbing uh, up. Didn't that car have apartment. like two seats, like two this way and two this way? Because I remember I like. I thought so. Yeah. That's how I thought it was. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, see, uh, I've been kind of skeptical about that. Like you, you, you get presented things in yeah. a way that is truth and then you're like, oh, this is super convincing. Well, so here's the, uh, on that exactly. He, he was talking about, oh, what's the longest river in in the United States and everyone thinks it's the Mississippi but it's actually the Missouri well this is a technical problem because the Missouri technically ends where it meets the Mississippi but when he puts up the map it shows the Missouri from from its headwaters all the way to New Orleans and that's the problem of course it's gonna be longer by a hundred miles where where is headwaters at it's uh up in like Wyoming Montana okay yeah yeah like it's got to be. Montana, well, I wonder how long the Arkansas River is then, man, because it would be freaking wrong, uh, really long, because it's headwaters in Colorado. Yeah, I've been I've been up there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not as long because the Missouri winds a little bit more. But mm-hmm. anyways, the the Mississippi's longer if you judge it from headwater to end, and you don't count the lower half of the Mississippi in with the Missouri then the Mississippi is clearly the longest river. But, you know, again, he presented it as though it were fact, like clearly the Missouri is is longer and longer by 100 miles more. You know, it's like me and my brother were both like, wait a minute. And so we, we're it's Googling. So, so weird your brother is a grown-ass man and has been for quite some He's time. He's graduating uh, the 14th, I think. Of, with call of his undergraduate yeah. bachelor's? Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. See, mean, he was going like, I was there. I stopped in Seek Tarver a few years ago. Like, this would have been. Yeah. I don't remember, but he was in Tarver's office. And he was like, hey, CJ. Which is crazy because he's a math major. Yeah, so I don't. Only I, because I, my, Michael has been our neighbor for so long. He's man. He's so great. Mm. I hope you. I, I Have don't, you been by the new house? No, they they, uh, they, they moved Darden to Crow Mountain. Oh, they're Dar- Darden. Darden now. Uh, Gleason had a house that they were renovating and fixing. Oh Darnell. wow! So they moved into that. Yes, that's amazing. It's it looks amazing. I I knew what it looked like. Before I've seen numerous it, pictures of it online. Everybody is boasting about the restoration of it. Oh, it's it's beautiful inside. You got to go by. Well, that's great. He's so close, and he's been doing some adjunct at Hendrix. He stopped by and saw yeah. me in my office like last semester, mm. um, and I've texted him a few times. So, yeah, yeah. I I probably like I'm wrapping up finals. I have one final tomorrow and two finals on Tuesday, and then like meetings two days after that, and then I'm out for two and a half weeks. And we're going to be moving the gym and stuff. But that two and a half weeks I'm out, I'm trying to do as many podcasts as I can. 
once I get kind of caught up on some of my grading, I'm a, I've got several scheduled right now, but I'm going to start sending out more. Um, somebody I've talked to that I don't have a date for, um, Dr. Uh, Nandivada. She's a physics professor from tech, and her her name is, she goes by Tosh, but her name is Santoshi, Santoshi Nandivada. Where's that from? I'm almost 100% sure she is from India, and her mom is from India, and if I remember correctly, her mom is like this kind of um, well-known yoga instructor from there, or she might not be well-known, but she, Tosh is kind of what Cora told me has been exposed to yoga like her whole life, but maybe she can make sense of reality for me, you know, <laughs> between her and Bush, if I can get them on over Christmas break. Oh, I don't think you're going to get any kind of committal. Uh, <laughs> I know. Stance Just from be like, Charlie. Bush, now that you've retired, <laughs> would you like to say anything further? No. Uh, yeah. He's just going to leave it in the air for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got a few good, uh, good potentials that I'm going to schedule. And then uh, I've got some good ones that we're definitely going to have over the Christmas break. And then the studio will be set up uh, sometime in the next three months. I'll have the studio up and going at the new gym. There's a space about oh, the size of my living room in here. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sweet. Large space appropriated. So that's kind of the idea is I'm going to move everything out of here. I'm going to move everything from my music room and kind of make it just this gigantic life unraveled studios. Mm-hmm production yeah you're hammering the social media spaces with with this thing yeah uh, well you know actually i that's that's part of it is figuring out like how to do it you know like how how to build your your idea because like when i wanted to start podcasts i was like i didn't know i didn't even know how to hook everything up right and then i remember when i unhooked everything the first time I was like, how do I hook this stuff back Should've up? Should have made a video. Yeah, and then the second time, I like took photos, but I've unhooked things. And, and but but then like over time, you just you learn the theory behind how the audio works. And I'm still learning stuff like that. You know, Dylan Sparks, mm-hmm. he's super been super helpful, and he's going to be helping even more when we get up and going at the new spot. I bet he will at least a certain a fraction of episodes he will will sit in on and help me produce like one a month probably you know what i love about this like podcasts have really kind of taken over like the radio show yeah uh and i i don't think i would mind being on a radio show i couldn't keep up the hype that goes on on most radio shows like the constantly that's why i like man that's why i like the podcast is because it's like really people are constantly asking me like what the expectation is and i'm like unless you're telling me about like your master's thesis or your business like there is none that's not how really a podcast works like some of them do but it's like i kind of that's how i set up my podcast like i came up with five different shows Mm -hmm. like lines i wanted to follow and i'm like podcasts would be chaos if i talk about all this shit on every episode because it's kind of like things I'm super interested in. But Which I feel like is is how you and I I do the podcast is just like we've jumped well, through. Seven, well, that's the that's the life unraveled episodes. Right. Like it's either that or you are some sort of you're presenting something. You're telling me about right. something. Like you have and honestly, I should have done Thurman as a history unraveled episode because all we talked about was history. We talked about music a little bit, but mm. like um, I've been doing album reviews mm. uh, for my music unraveled show. But like. we're going to start doing like tiny desk concerts with that. Oh, okay. So like, let's say like I had some guy named Rob on the concert once sure. or on the, on the big podcast and he just did a, a life unraveled episode 
But then I had Natel on the other day, and he did a music and writing. He's a musician. He, that's all he does right now. But Rob, I'm going to have him come back. It's the plan and play a song from his new album mm-hmm. and do a podcast, and we do some music unravel episode. So we're gonna like uh, we're gonna try and have Adam Fawcett do that, and just get like a bunch of regional talent that mm-hmm. is either coming through, and that's my hope that the casino comes in and I have talent coming into Russellville that I can be like, hey, mm. do you want to stop by this studio that is like less than a mile from the casino, right? And do a podcast and or do a podcast, a little concert, and I may even network with like I, I need to as we get set up more uh, at uh, Tech, I need a network or. Uh, over by tech, I need to network more with the college on like, because mm-hmm. I would say I could probably find somebody to sort of intern and I need somebody to start setting in production mm-hmm. for the podcast eventually, especially on these episodes. Like if we have Rob play, mm-hmm. like somebody's got to got to work production for right. that. Like, um, and that's not going to be me. Right. Yeah. But you can't. You can't. I work can't. Too many yeah. Cats exactly. So, but then I like the history unraveled episodes. I've only done me solo, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like basically lecturing over oh. material, right? So, but that's eventually going to be collaborative stuff. Like Thurman and I are going to do several history episodes. Like uh, we're going to do a series over that I wouldn't want to do for like the whole time I started my podcast. One of the reasons I started the podcast is because I wanted to do a series of podcasts over the year. 1968 okay so we're researching he and i do a series of podcasts and uh, and kind of create a vein of history unravel content right so but i'm always doing uh then like the jujitsu i do like a jujitsu mma show where like it's just like all we talk about is that and then life unraveled is just ends up being like about like joe rogan does his man like it's just a guest we talk about whatever right it might be all over the place. You might have something you want to talk about that you just wrote an article or somebody's ruining your career on Twitter or whatever, you know, like. Thank it, God I don't do Twitter. Man, social media is, is becoming such a racket, man. It's, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. It sucks. I, I, I guess, I guess 31 was the year, but like, I, I don't get on Facebook and right like i don't think i've commented anything like not controversial but like argumentative in six months like i i get on there i read i, I scroll I through things just, yeah. and i'm just like i disagree with that but i don't have i don't care i don't i have and it's just like i gotta meh. i gotta follow a stricter Why? policy on that personally because i've kind of had waves of like back and forth on it and like with what i'm doing with the podcast channel like i'm trying to not comment on that page Mm -hmm. like i have periodically a few times but i don't really i don't need to like it's the same thing with like uh and i'm back and forth on it because let's say somebody comes to my gym youtube which has like 550 videos and they're like dude thank you for this video i'm like you're welcome if you like that one watch this one you know what i'm saying like i do that so i want to say i never comment but like if somebody shows gratitude, I try and show gratitude. But then like here's the rabbit hole that people go down is somebody shows negativity and you're like, hey, fuck you. And then they're like, 
no fuck you and you're a piece of shit and why are you doing no, this you podcast yeah you don't you don't engage with negative comments. yeah and one time Unless they're kind of construct constructive but you you're exactly exactly one time somebody was being super negative about a podcast i did with, with somebody and they were just like talking tons of shit and cora saw it and got pissed off and she hopped on there and i was so there's that too but it's just like the more in the public eye you get, it's like it, it's such a racket because you have to engage with the public. Mm-hmm. Like I have to. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I do. It's just it's a part of staying in business, and it's part of being like who like what we do in the community. Like especially Cora with the kids classes, and I help with the kids classes too. But that like that's a game changer in the lives of most of the kids like mm-hmm. parents are like hey little johnny has no behavior mm-hmm. could you uh make him have some discipline can please? you teach my child discipline? And, and cora i can't even quantify to you how good of a job she does mm-hmm. at providing that service right like that is literal like i can't believe the transformation of my kid like i i could show you countless messages and like that she gets and we get and it's it makes it all worth it, yeah. <clears throat> you know. But uh, the so, so the noise in the jump background, onto, like YouTube or something, and be like, "Listen, come that too." You can't, there's a there's sort of a like, public eye expectation <laughs> yeah, exactly. of I mean, it's social justice, man. Yeah, it is. It's that social justice culture right now. That yeah. woke sort of culture of, and you, and it's it's so easy to get caught up in that. Oh, it's just really impatient culture is what it is like things need to change and they need to change this way right now it doesn't matter the damage it's going to cause because the damage that's already been caused you know it's like it's always just an eye for an eye regardless yeah yeah well what do you do you i guess you you stop you stop you know engaging it's just like well whatever yeah and that's like that's kind of like i always get to that point when it gets the way that we're talking about Mm -hmm. and i'm like but I have a business. Right. Yeah. And that's always the excuse, I guess you could say. I've but always it's, wondered where like all the historians are at, like where all the professional academics who like should have the, the right information uh, in the face of all the wrong information that's been polluting social media. Mm. Where are they? Like, why aren't they speaking out? And I'm sure that some of them do, but like they just get well, drowned out yeah. by the sea of of ignorance and, and when they do speak out like people like jordan peterson yeah. um yeah they just get shouted down who's at burt weinstein i forget who he is but these are two academics mm-hmm. examples of two academics that have been sort of ousted from their university professor jobs right. for no good reason like well they they dared to you know yeah speak their truth yeah well, speak truth. truth a truth that's, like, that's uh, associated with, yeah. A researched truth that, you know, they didn't think was all that scandalous, but apparently it was. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a weird, like, I, I saw somebody yesterday debating over what, like, literal, like, you know, rights were for human beings. And I was like, dude, it's a weird time. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a need, not a right. And I'm like. I'm just sitting there like reading the comments, eating popcorn, but that's when you can get sucked in well, too. You know, like, why was I reading these super negative comments? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how many conversations I've had about, about how uh, Wi-Fi is not, you know, like a human necessity and it shouldn't be charged as a utility. Um, like I understand how utilitarian it is in our life and how very interwoven into life it is now, but there's, there's just, 
this huge conversation right now where the line is blurred between what is public and what is private as far as information. And I think the internet has created a lot of that. Yeah. The cyberspace. Well, in the digital age. It's a culture of entitlement though, that like I've always had access to this thing. And so therefore I, it's only right that I should have access to this thing. Well, here's another argument too. Not just internet, but like milk, food, things. Yeah, water, yeah. You've been providing me with this and I have money, as long as I have money to pay you for this, or even when I don't, it's still a human need and therefore I should be given it, which is historically very new. Like, has anyone thought like this on a, a large scale? Like we've had some like socialist, social philosophers think this way and think this would might be a good idea. But like, I don't know that there's been a generation that has been like, look, I need food, shelter, and water, and those things should just be given to me, and I can contribute in some way, maybe, but they should be. I feel like that's where we're at, is that's the expectation. And every time members of the culture uh, buck up against where that's not being met, there's outrage. Protest, riots, yeah. That's yeah. just the underlying expectation. That's crazy to me that it's gone from like, I don't know, I feel like my dad who's in his 60s, like his generation is just like, the the world's a rough place. Like people die, people get killed, people lose arms. You know, yeah. it's, it's rough. And like, there's like not a real high expectation on how comfortable a luxury yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know, definitely is a thing. Life will be. And now, now it's just like. Well, and I think this, honestly, politically, um, socially, everything from Let's just say when we were born, how old they were when we were born, both our parents, mm-hmm. uh, my dad being going to turn 60 in August. From, like the the change in this country mm-hmm. from from that point to yeah, now is unprecedented. Years. Yeah, it's crazy. And the noise that that creates and the, and the problems and the pressures and things that like we are seeing the elderly in, I think, ill-prepared to deal with that stuff now. Like, what do you for, mean? Well, okay. So, for example, like, we were talking about healthcare earlier. Healthcare is such a fuck show it is. that a professor that I work with that retired, his wife went in the hospital for four days. They didn't diagnose her, and that cost $40,000. <laughs> yeah like what yeah. what the fuck like yeah. and like honestly like i pay about 37 percent if i if i'm not mistaken i was looking yesterday in taxes mm. right I, so yeah, if wow. that's if that's the case i will gladly fucking give 13 more percent mm-hmm. so you cannot feel the way you were talking about your fucking health care earlier dude right well and i mean that makes sense to me, but that's all. So that's a tax conversation of like, you are willing to do that. I don't know that we as a mob can like get together well, and say, well, I mean, we have it every time previously in the future. What do you mean? Gotten together as a mob when, yeah. when things yeah, get this way. From, I mean, you know? like the, the, like one of the top t- trending hashtags on the internet is taxation is theft. Sure. Like that's humorous to me, but maybe that's just a part of what's going on it's an election year and all this stuff but i think that um all these issues being introduced into the narrative and how much things have softened mm-hmm. on things like uh the war on drugs uh all of these things that kind of came out of the 
60s and 70s counter and subculture movements that have kind of like where we are on the other side of that. I think that American culture is is like on the cusp of something. And I don't know what that's going to look like. It could be burning. I think also, like I've talked about this several times, it's like theoretically we are in a, a new and another phase of the civil rights movement. And we are theoretically also in a third Red Scare. Yeah, I for think sure. That's, I think that's that's really true. Yeah. Like the the <gasps> yeah, is there Russian collusion. Well, I mean, it's not even just Russian collusion. I think the Red did scare they steal is, the election for Trump? I think the the whole Red Scare has kind of expanded into like just like oh, are you someone who thinks this way? You know, we're just so afraid of someone who thinks differently than us. Well, that's why Thurman's thesis blew my freaking mind. Was the, did you listen to that podcast? No, I haven't yet. It's good. It's one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Um, but his, his, his idea is the reason that like I just said what I said and we're kind of having this conversation is because of hysteria being introduced as like blips mm-hmm. on this, uh, like almost like I, the metaphor I keep coming up with is like an EKG sure. and he's like the conspiracy narrative in relation to Kennedy from 63 to 93. He's like, you have this introduced the Warren commission and then you have this introduced and sure. it just like goes on and on and on. And it's like, you get on the other side of that. And what you really have is disbelief in your government institutions. Sure. Like, and that has created the uh, 9-11 truther, Vegas shooting, all of this, uh, uh, Epstein, all of this denial and conspiratorial mindset with that. And I was telling Thurman, like, taking Woods, he calls it the spies class now. It's called espionage back in, when I took it. But right. taking that class and realizing all of the double and triple agency that was going on that I never even knew about at all times since World War II and even before. Mm-hmm. Like, post, like, you're during the Cold War, you're scary, man. Like, it really, like, what's going on? I mean, but that's like, oh, I think that, I honestly think that this, the flat earth, the, uh, the any, any of this doesn't exist movements yeah. may be born out of Thurman's thesis idea. Yeah. That that was introduced due to all of these things Bay of Pigs, Gulf of Tonkin, all the events we'll talk about in 1968, the Pueblo incident with North Korea, Tet Offensive, Walter Cronkite, Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy, all these people being assassinated, Kennedy being assassinated. Well, I think it's just necessarily the the outcome of a, uh, like a, a subjective reality uh, paradigm shift. Like, we were, like, dealing with the world objectively for, like, through the Enlightenment into like the middle of the 1900s, and then we got to postmodernism, and just everything was just up for interpretation. Like, here's some facts. Now you make them say whatever you want to. I think that we're just reaping the ultimate conclusion of that at this point. Um, but yeah, I think I, I socially you've got this unrest from distrust in the government officials and i mean there's i don't know it seems like people are killing people for political reasons and they're just like that's cool yeah everyone knows about it but no one's doing anything about it we're making netflix uh uh shows about it but no one's doing anything about it like what can you do uh there's a pedophile ring but we don't want to talk about it so sweep it under yeah just you know that yeah all of that all of that i mean there's not a pedophile ring Mr. and Mrs. Clinton, I don't want to be shot or hung in a French hotel. Please. 
Moving on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I mean, dude, you know, we're from Arkansas. We get a pass, right? Do we? Yeah. I think, I think hey. maybe. We get a pass. Yeah. Hey. Just all the stories that you hear about Bill as governor and stuff, like I just I mean over, there are no I just stories, went over Mr. all that governor. in um, Arkansas history. The only one that's in the book is like him having uh, an extramarital extramarital affair in his gubernatorial race that came up. Right, oh. everything else is just strict political history. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, should we tell that side too? You know, like, I, I, especially when it comes to presidents, like, should we? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, it, I mean, it, was his impeachment shift, right? comes up, you know. There was a shift in like the 60s, 70s where we went from the president's kind of this media wise, untouchable person. You don't call his character into question, whatever. So like all of the presidents prior to the 60s well, you probably think- had all kinds of like moral gray areas. But the we were too. When do you think the beginning of that was? LBJ? We Cronkite flipping? Yeah, somewhere in there, I think. I think once the media actually became a creature oh, that yeah. could, that is like, on, that's, the, on the dot, like by the minute, come up with information. And then yeah. that's the monster of like, we make money by putting out information that people want to read. And scandals, then, I think yeah. we all understand, sell better than, you know, well, the president handed out uh, lollipops to kids today. We don't care. He's sleeping with his secretary. Every, every newspaper is sold out now. That's so weird. It, like that mass media is at least apparent at the Lee Harvey Oswald reveal, right? So, like when they card out Lee Harvey Oswald, that I was just watching a clip on that about how they were they were they felt obligated in some weird way to accommodate the press, and the press went fucking wild, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just watching like a little clip about as I've been doing research. Accommodate for, how? Uh, they were like, well, I mean, just like there was so much outcry from the press to have a press conference mm-hmm. in which they basically carted Oswald out. Huh. And he answered a few questions. Like, I just watched the video and then I watched a couple of interviews where they were like, that was this is there was this media frenzy. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, had the media been what it what it was then when Lincoln was assassinated, how many presidents get assassinated? Like, I feel like that's something like if you could interview a serial killer maybe you'd want to maybe it's strange that it happened on such a mass scale like everyone wanted to talk to him yeah and that well and it's like once thurman talked about this on the podcast when the zapruder film came out super wild uh because that wasn't right out the gate Mm -hmm. and then everybody um somebody bought it and just held on to it and then everybody was releasing like multi-generation copied versions of it that weren't or like selling frames of it like you want to study these frames it'll be this and they were like super low quality you know that, I mean, is, that is a beautiful example of the american entrepreneurial spirit yeah i mean that's just like but we're but, all basically just snake oil salesmen yeah in a big way in a big, <laughs> just making it up just we don't know like we were just born into the system will people buy this i'm gonna sell it to them and that's that's what's interesting. I've thought about that several times because just like looking at history, it's like, well, those people were born into that system. These people were born into that system, and we're born into this system. And it's like, and it that doesn't make. And like, I feel like we're indoctrinated with that, this idea that that makes it right. Yeah. You're, well, you're not bound to it. I think that's that's something that I hate about social justice uh, stuff. Is like. People are trapped, apparently, inside of whatever system or 
whatever that they're born into and they they can't possibly act outside of outside of that uh, maybe it's true that without education you don't know your options and therefore you can and even with education you might know some different options but you don't you for some reason you don't feel like you can act out of you know get out of the system that you're in out of the cycle of actions and choices that man you, yeah you know? i didn't realize I, I will say like for a while after I got my master's. I was just like, I was falling victim to that perception that I had wasted my time in some way Mm -hmm. because I wasn't applying myself to what I'd gone to school for. But it really wasn't until, well, it's probably like maybe within the last 18 months to two years, I kind of had a transition, a switch to thinking about it the opposite way. It's like, no, my education is the reason I'm successful and mm-hmm. other people I know are not <laughs> like it, it directly has yeah. a big thing to do with it for me. Well, for me, like my education uh, directly and everything I've experienced in between has made me into the person I am right now. And if I'm honest with myself and everyone else, I love who I am. Like I'm I, I wouldn't say proud. That sounds arrogant, but I I. If I were a third person, I would. Like, I like the person I am. I like living as the person that I am as a human being. I may not like my financial situation or certain exterior things like that that maybe I could change. I don't like that I'm not as in shape as I would like to be right now. But honestly, as a, as a character, as a personality, as a, you know, a life human being, uh, I like me. And... I think that's why I'm alive, honestly. Like, I don't know that I could live with myself. Man, having a having a positive outlook is key. And it's, man, that's become more and more important to me, too, is, like, uh, like your health. I got sick the last couple of years, like, with the flu, and then I had bronchitis back to back. Yeah. And, dude, that was, like, the most mortalizing shit I've gone through in a while. Well, to, to call back, uh, he's talking about the professor with the spouse. Yeah. 40, 40 grand for four days. Yeah. I, my heart attack. I went in at like noonish. Uh, they did some tests in the ER, and then they sent me up, and they sent a like a tube up my femoral artery into my heart, and injected some stuff in there, and I was fine. I never went unconscious from the heart attack. It, you know. Do you think you might have had a panic attack? It was a, it was a, a stress-induced attack? heart attack. So they definitely labeled it as a heart attack or a cardiomyopathy or something. Well, basically, and you know, honestly, when I tell people this, like the diagnosis was basically a shrug emoji. Like we think it's a heart attack, maybe sort of. We don't know. Uh, but you know, for that, I, w- I went in at like noon into the ER. That's when I was admitted. And I got out the next day at five or six. That sixty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this, and we'll leave it there. The problem with healthcare system is health insurance and the unchecked pricing. In that the is a serious system. issue for so sure. You fix those two issues, I think we can easily come to different. I mean, we could we could pay for healthcare for everyone if we could put into check the pricing of healthcare supplies and stuff. And we could do away with health insurance as the, like everyone's like, well, we got to get health insurance for everyone. Why is health insurance the only viable option in that conversation? It's like some kind of sacred cow. We can't possibly talk about healthcare without talking about healthcare insurance. Get rid of that because insurance is always a scam. And then let's talk about healthcare and 
making that a public domain, how do we regulate the pricing? How do we negotiate lower prices? And how do we not like rely on on the insurance model? I know that's going to do away with thousands of jobs well, in the insurance companies. Yeah, I know, but, but I think that there could be a lot of redirecting things like where Medicare and Medicaid goes where like basically I honestly think everything that we're discussing could be in a in a way Mm -hmm. solved by tax reappropriation like what we're talking about just like does Russellville really need to tax its citizens to build a a community center or would we rather have somebody we partner with that's a, a like you know yeah, that why, builds one why, for why us not, without taxing our people yeah why aren't like municipalities like held to the standard of finding a good business model and making the business model work even if you are going to tax your citizens approach your citizens with like a business model that says look this is the thing uh, and it'll either make us money or it won't but it's a it's a good improvement and then let the people who are paying taxes feel like investors instead of like well, yeah exactly and i mean it's they just they just dropped the ball so many times here locally but uh, I think, honestly, it's like, okay, you make Jeff Bezos pay 37%. You make Bill Gates pay 37%. Like, yeah. versus, like, making people... And, I, like, I don't live in poverty anymore. Right. I have lived in po- poverty... For, w- did live in poverty for the vast majority of my adult life. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, in, it's a hard change to go from not being in poverty. It's weird. Yeah, you've got to change your mindset on how you handle like money. I, and I, t- I take score the other time. day. Like I just I bought like sixty eight bucks in these supplements from Paul Stamens, and uh, I just like just Stamets bought it. Supplements. I didn't think about it. I just bought it, and I was like, I take score. It's like so nice to be able to just buy something mm-hmm. and not like think about be like, price. are we going to pay the bills this month if yeah. I buy that? You know. Like when that goes away, everything changes. And the only thing keeping people thinking that way is people like me having to pay 37% taxes while Jeff Bezos pays zero. Right. But people want to argue. Now, is Jeff uh, assist, Bezos personally not paying any taxes? A- Amazon paid zero taxes. He is a CEO. A- Amazon, he, I get. And now he, he personally person, did not pay taxes. He, he didn't pay any taxes. Donald Trump didn't pay taxes. Well, like He's the president. He can do he, whatever. Before, I mean, when he, was, when he was a businessman. Oh, well, he was a crook then. Yeah, well, he's he may still be. Well, you know, aren't all presidents crooks, m- except for Washington? Are you making generalizations? Well, I mean, everyone wants to be like, hey, harken back to hey, like uh, Madison that, and Jefferson, and I'm just like, well, I think we're gonna have to go back further if we're gonna looking for less crooked presidents. But go on. That that's funny about Washington because it's like, hey, remember me as a poor farmer, <laughs> right. but I owned slaves and made them build a 16 sided barn. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right, like it's like just remember me as Cincinnatus, but. I owned people, and I made them build this 16 side. Oh, you, is that his name? The the guy that they gave the power to originally? Yeah. And he oh, went oh back. yes. Yeah. I'm just a poor farmer. Yeah. yeah. I didn't lead a rebellion. It's like fine. It's, fine. I, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. But like how we remember things, like uh, the Paul Revere thing. Yeah. The British are coming is a quote from a poem. Yeah. He never said that. Everybody is British at that time. Right. Like, but we get spun this narrative. Well, I mean. But how culturally, how key is that to creating a different identity? Yeah. In I, the poem, when that when the poem identifies as the British as the other, then every every generation after that reading that poem does not identify themselves as British. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. But it's like, yes, I mean, yeah, yeah a nice piece of wartime propaganda. That's what I was saying. Oh. You know, with that, that it, you know, how, you want to control your citizens, you do stuff like that. Well, if you, if you want to change how people think, you change how they talk, uh, you know. And well, so I mean, that is the definition of controlling the citizenry yeah. to me is like if you if you start trying to, if I start trying to influence how you think, that's mm-hmm. a form of control. Sure. Well, I, and I wonder because I think there's a scale here because I don't know that you can ever get to a zero percentage. If I'm putting information out just by communicating with me, I am influencing the way that you think in some kind of way. Now, I don't have ill intent and you we could talk about how intent might be the thing. Uh, but it's happening. You know, that's just the, the, the natural effect of interaction between two agents. So the government's going to have to interact with the citizenry in some way, and you could always claim that to be having the intent of controlling in one way or the other. Of course, we write laws in order to control people to not kill each other and not steal stuff. So, Well, there's a, there's a weird disconnect because the government is the citizenry in our system, but it's not. You would not. think. Right. Like, <laughs> because, like, I mean, in, in all actuality. That's what the paper says, but. We. Um, or parchment. It's we are more so of an oligarchy than anything. Yeah. Like, I mean. Well, that's, that's kind of how it's supposed to be anyways, though, right? Like, it's supposed to be a republic. It's supposed to be the, well, the uh, edu- well-educated landed gentry making decisions for the peasant class because they know better. And to be fair, if you were going to have people making decisions on a, on a project or on a thing that benefited everyone or that affected everyone, would you want the uneducated, unexperienced Okay, but, but government person? controls, uh, that's back to like we're going for, so government controls the education. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they keep the people stupid, obviously. So, but it's keep like. Keep yourself in power. It, that's the And like what we were saying with with uh, the internet earlier, no time previously can I fact check you on everything on, right now. Well, and that's, we're, it's 2019 now. Good luck fact checking me because you're going to find four different, you know, equally good looking sources, yeah. you know, that are going to tell you three different things. Now, you can find some pretty legitimate sources, uh, and every academic source should sound something like, well, here's the three options, and here's why you should probably lean more towards option two or three. Very rarely does it say something as as clear-cut as, the Holocaust happened, which it did. It did. Sadly. Uh, I want to say I was reading something about there being Nazi vandalism at Auschwitz earlier. Really? Yes. Let me, like let me google that because nazi yes vandalism, um, not like 80 year old vandalism no um merkel 90 oh let me she oh. was there was an article about merkel that i she was did reading it? I auschwitz she was a nazi. uh oh, let's see vandalism it's that german accent she has but um i was like is that still going on like, oh yeah like I mean, I, in germany at auschwitz like let's see um Okay. I hope that it didn't happen, but I, I was just reading an article about it. Uh, let's see how many died in Auschwitz. U.S. man charged with trying to steal item from Auschwitz. Auschwitz <laughs> museum suffers wave of abuse following new law. American teen sentenced over Auschwitz vandalism December fifth, two thousand seventeen. Of course. Uh, Had to be Auschwitz one of us. God's, uh, an Auschwitz guide's home was vandalized with the Star of David. Huh. How can you vandalize an Auschwitz home? An Auschwitz oh, home was vandalized sense. with this. This is from let me see. What this is from World uh, Buzzfeed News. Was it a yellow star of David? 
uh, Star of David and Poland for the Poles. The attack comes just a new law took effect that makes it a crime to attribute any blame to Poland for the Holocaust. What? The home of the, Itali- the Italian tour guide and a Holocaust historian was vandalized in the city of Krakow, Poland, on Friday, according to Polish media reports, as tensions rise over Poland following the adoption of a new law restricting speech about the Holocaust. Why, why can't you blame anything about the Holocaust on Poland? Why can't you? I guess because they had a significant portion of their population that that got exterminated. I'm sure. Sure. During the invasion and during like uh, I, you know like homosexuals and all sorts of groups. If I, yeah, but if I were talking about you know the Holocaust and it just so happens that yeah, obviously large mounds of because Poland got the a real raw end of that deal like on the national scale. Um, but if if there was people in po- Polish people in Poland who were participating with the Nazi party or whatever to kill people. You know, that went on too. That would be relevant information and that law would be restricting my ability to talk about it. Let's see. This is why you should yeah, just be been able to have free happening speech at Auschwitz. and we could all just deal with it. Well, I've been t- raising this uh, like the social media space is being... That's the big debate on speech right now. Like, uh, they have algorithms digitally. Like, for example, we were listening to an album. It was a new Tool album. We are listening to it. And at certain points, the headphone picked up in the mic, and they were able to, like, algorithmically flag that. And was like, hey, we think that you messed up. If you appeal this and you messed up, it's not going to be good. Just don't ever try and make any money off this podcast because we're not going to let you. Wow. And if we were to say the C word yeah, with the C-U. Oh, the one I said earlier. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. I don't think you said that. I did. We're never making any money on this podcast. <laughs> Damn it, man. I'm trying to run a capitalist model I'm right sorry. now. sorry. I hung out with too many Australians when I was abroad and it just I mean, became but commonplace. Th- just like that. Awareness of Common that. Term. Like... Sadly, I would uh, have have had so many words in my vocabulary throughout the years that I would never say now due to this increased awareness that I'm just like an empathy towards more groups of people. I guess so. Yeah. Like in, in that that awareness, I think, is what's bringing about this woke culture of don't say that. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to hurt these to be people. That's going to disinfo. That's why I see it as actually a broader civil rights vein. Well, I think that's so interesting, though. That's that is a world paradigm shift between the world is injurious, and you will have to, as individual and community, just not just bear it and take be a mat, but get stronger and make it not affect you. And now it is completely the other way around. I blame air conditioning. The world is. It should not be injurious, and I should be able to walk through it completely safely. And I, I don't live in that world, but apparently that's the world that people are asking for I, and expecting right now. Here's what's weird, man. Like, what is weird is like what I said earlier. I might take 13% more taxes to fix what the stuff sure, we're talking about. Sure, you want to pay 15 And my dad is the opposite, right? Sure, yeah. But it's like, honestly... And and we, let's not say you're the opposite. You're you're probably more of a contrarian. Like, well, it, sort of, but we could fix it. This it's just more like yes. The- 
fixed. Irrefutably, they need fixed. But how do you do it? We don't know. We're not. Right. We're not economists. We're not. I can come uh, up with some ideas. Yeah, but I mean, Somebody like we are literally. I mean, I would consider you a social scientist, right? I mean, I you so. you have the training, you have the background, you have the thought process. Yeah, that's like like I almost said this earlier, like. That's why everyone it, should get a history degree. Yeah, well, teaching you how to think better. the critical thought process. Yeah. Like, I try and get my students to do uh, these papers that get them to do these critical analysis yeah. of things. You learn how to come up with real information that's viable, and you learn how to think about things critically. That's And that's going on more than ever. And It's needed more than ever. It's needed more than ever, but we have this system that kind of, like we were talking about earlier, sort of prevents people from being trained to think critically. Yeah. Right. And then college is unaffordable. Like. Yeah. And college is, I mean, we were having this problem in 2009, 2010, when I was on the accreditation committee for a certain school that won't be mentioned. And we were talking about how can we lower the entry, uh, you know, that, that learning curve from high school to, to college because a lot of kids are coming in and they don't know how to do research papers. So they were talking about creating, which they did, these classes that were like... You know what's on the other side? I've talked about this last two yeah, podcasts, well. so if people are listening that are loyal, I apologize. But Moralton does this, and a lot of community colleges do. They network with the local high school so much. Like, we run the same schedule as the local high school on days we're in and out, which oh, wow. doesn't make a lot of sense. But... It does because we have a lot of high school students graduating high school mm-hmm. with an associate's degree. Not a lot, nice, not yeah. a significant number, oh, but percentage points. I, I think it's probably great. less than 10, but that is an unheard of thing. Just like this was a perception I feel like when you and I were getting our undergraduate, like, well, the bachelor's degree is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. We got to get yep. that master's. We got to get that graduate school. And I think that's kind of newer, and I think these are like shifting trends in education and and well, the trade school reemergence. When you're lowering acad, so not no, go ahead. trade school side. Uh, when you lower the academic, not standards, but when you you're trying to make it easier for kids to transition, you know, from high school to college, not, in a state in a state like Arkansas where. Different high schools have drastic different like academic standards. I apologize, but it's true. Um, and so you have someone coming from a lower, you know, academic standard area who comes to ATU or wherever, and they, they're just deer in headlights because they don't know how to do some of the basic things like, like research, how to work the library or how to write correctly, which is what Comp One and Two was, how to well, write a research yeah, paper. Yeah, and this is crazy too. Some campuses are going to this to try and save money. This bring your own device model. In which mm-hmm. they are actually providing fewer labs, right? It's, fewer, you have and a laptop fewer computers and we give on you campus. Access to databases. Uh, some, well, I mean, U of O provides their students with like tablets and stuff, yeah, but, but they're like the most expensive. Schools. But like community colleges and stuff, no. It's like, hey, you have a smartphone. There's an app for that. But yeah. but the realities are, is like they made a bunch of improvements in the Blackboard app. But the realities That's are good. that that most it of the educational this. apps either they they work they can work, but you have to use a bunch of them. Let's say you integrated a couple of apps, then you have done that on the assumption mm-hmm. that every one of your Has students is not impoverished right. and can afford what I've got. That's 10 years. 10 years ago, if you didn't do your work, spoiler alert, uh, 
you know, or you didn't get that paper done, all you had to do was, you know, make up some kind of technological issue problem. And at that point, like, you can't hold people responsible for a technological issue, you know, like, oh, my computer is this. Technology was still so fresh, even in 2010, and so incorporated to where it was like, well, I emailed it to you, but you didn't get it, and that'll buy you a day, you know, because of an email problem, which sounds absurd. I, I have had because I, you've got to you've got to default to well like or I could say hey I didn't have access to the library and I don't have a computer at home right now that excuse might not fly but ten years ago that would have been expected yeah no that I, was real too I remember losing papers saving trying to transition like okay I wrote this paper on yeah. my computer and then I would send it to the email and then I would open it up on the library computer and I would type 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 add like three pages I would save it to the drive there at tech mm-hmm. and I, it would be lost that yeah, happened to me gone. with like one of Housnick's paper on gun control politics and I, I like the talk about like honestly traumatic stress right like for me at that time, like trying to do well, trying to like put my eggs in an education basket so I could yeah. essentially be able to do what I'm doing right now. I I remember taking uh, taking a World Civ online class and I'll never take an online class again. That, that well, was terrible. It, but like I would go in to take the test and it was like a hundred questions. It's ridiculous. But you go in and like, God forbid your tab change or like oh, you're trying yeah. to listen it's to music. It's a lot better now. You switch your tab, you're locked out of the test. It's like, bruh <laughs> like what's going on yeah because god forbid you google something or you know yeah it, it, there's there's a lot of good practices you can take with using blackboard and be sure. creative like housing's shown me a bunch of tips actually yeah um and, and that's a, part of the difference of 10 years though right like yeah i think the programs have, have caught up but the platform and, and it's still now it's got the digital lag behind like the app and stuff mm-hmm. but it's getting better it's gotten better since i've been working Sure. So, but it's still assuming that everyone has access. Oh, dude! You know? I mean, the real so again, the, the, the poor stay poor because they can't get in. You know, unless somebody gives them something, and the middle class and upper class continue well, to thrive, but then water down the market because now everyone has a bachelor's degree. Think about this: like we, uh, I went in the other morning. It was forty-four degrees outside. It was kind of cold. Um, yeah. And I saw two students walking to campus with no coat on. Um, and we turn no one away, mm-hmm. right? Like anybody can go and, uh, just open enrollment basically, basically show yeah. up, pay them. Uh, if you're, unless you're, you've got some sort of prior like academic failure that they wouldn't want to give you, but it's like, they're still, yeah, they'll work with you. Yeah. But then there's another thing we have this, like, uh, there's sweet, like a pantry and this is the same thing at tech. Like us was talking about it. Multiple colleges across the state. Like we've had this come up is we, they do like these pantries mm-hmm. and like every week they get wiped out like Just people from, like that is the status flint michigan with the water like if you started looking at all of these like they got fixed right like, no so, not as know. far as i know i thought somebody came in and just paid for yeah it. will smith's son gave some people some water yeah i read about that <laughs> like good for him like Did, but didn't didn't uh uh elon go in and say is, hey i wanted to fix this and they told him no is flint still having water problems i mean see just, we need we need somebody who's looking this up for yeah us. exactly gm stopped using flint water in october 2014 after reporting the water was corroding car parts general motors requested to switch back to detroit water source which was later approved city officials is flint water safe to drink now it's well below the federal actionable level for lead in the water Although no amount of lead is considered safe, 
So there's still lead in the water. Right. The state provides free water filters to Flint residents. Oh, drank the lead water, but put this on it first. I mean, does the filter like reverse osmosis? Like, what is it getting rid of the lead? Like, it says, um, maybe. I I think what would be interesting is if people just started like, uh, sifting out the lead somehow like create a filter that like pulls out the lead and then like start selling the lead have you seen where what was in an african country is like turning seawater into freshwater desalination yeah well on a level that we haven't seen perhaps oh what are they doing using like i i want to say they're they're using some sort of clean energy source to convert it like a solar energy source or something i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know how exactly they're doing it but i've read several articles about it i didn't really didn't really like jump into it, but it blipped on the radar like several times last mm. week. So, mm. I don't know. Mm. It's probably Trump propaganda, man. Maybe. Or it's collusion. DNC propaganda. Impeachment. Impeachment. How's that going? Is anyone paying attention to that? Dude, I'm a past looker, bro. You're what? A past looker. Past looker. Right. And that ain't nobody, 40 years from now, yeah. people aren't going to have this shit figured out. You know what? Like we might have some insight to it if we're still around. You can look back and be like, "I lived through that, and this is my interpretation." Yeah, but well, in, honest, in the honestly. digital age, is curbing that. Yeah, but like, I, uh, I'm more like, where where is the stopping point where we have enough information? And like 45 to present, like some people stop it. The it well, most people stop at 01. I don't. I don't know that we have. I pick pick any year and then tell me you have sufficient information on that moment in time to give me an, an accurate de- description of what was going on and why. Well, uh, honestly, yeah, we're always working with inadequate information. Yeah, we're always making some exactly kind of the, the year that I probably it's yeah. History's so hard to do year by year. Well, even when you've lived through it, it's just like you have a perspective and you can interview thousands of people, but there's still some kind of corner. There's some kind of linchpin that you've missed that no one knows about because someone took it to the grave or, yeah. Or there's no there's no actual like intention behind it. It was just, you know, some kind of butterfly effect thing that happened and My friend Jesse was saying this, like imagine the shit that George H. W. took to the grave. Former head of the CIA. I don't well, I, Reagan's VP. I feel like that's why these uh old, like super successful people don't sleep more than about two hours a day, like Da Vinci did. They got some shit. You in remember their Krieger closet. always weaving in how much people slept, like with Napoleon, you remember him telling that? He's like at this time, Napoleon only slept two hours a I day. I remember that, but that makes and, sense. And, and well, he talked about like I just review. I've gone through my French Revolution notes, yeah. but it uh, at the point where Napoleon gets married, not mm-hmm. to Josephine, to um, the Austria princess, and they have baby Napoleon, little Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when Napoleon started sleeping like five and a half hours a night. Like Krieger documented that transition. Yeah. And then like he had gained some weight and then he had all that, um, all those issues in Spain and Italy. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like his downturn, the Spanish ulcer. Remember he put his brother in there, Joseph Bonaparte. Yeah. And, uh, but then they had all these issues and he did not use the same battle tactics. He was not a good field commander after he started sleeping more and after he after got he to be 40, more. after he started sleeping more, started being 40. And I think that that just tells us too, like for me, is like there's not enough hours in the day. I actually sleep, I sleep now more all the way through hours than he, because I go to bed like 10 o'clock and get up at like 4.30 to 5.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get stuff to do. I do. And then also what's a, what's a struggle is staying long-term engaged. 
like from that point in time, let's say I get up and I want to prep a couple of notes or do some grading or send some emails, anything. I might do 30 minutes of that before I leave. I might want to be listening to a podcast. Or, but you can't sit down and do something for three hours other than a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do. Like I have three office hours, you know, like I get I get work done, but it's just like it's it's I have very limited time, you know, and and for the and i'm engaged for long swaths of time with like little incremental breaks like a couple hours in the morning long swath couple hours long swath Mm. couple hours bed you know so it's but this figuring out how to do and appropriate the best mental energy into those little blocks of time right and and figuring out how to to be healthy enough to sustain that yeah because i guarantee you napoleon wasn't like man i'm I'm going to put this lion's mane supplement from Paul Stamets into my coffee and it's going to be good for like my neural pathways. I think, I think that's what the blood of your enemies is supposed to do. Yeah, that too. It okay. did it. It did it for a long time. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you're out just winning battles over people, that's got to keep you up at night. They, what was it? I was watching a video and a guy was going to do the Da Vinci daily routine and supposedly I have, this is no fact check, so someone Google this. But I think it's an interesting point when you said that Louis was only sleeping two hours a day. Like, Da Vinci only slept like 15 minutes out of every couple hours. Oh, no, it no, no. That's true. Like two oh, okay. hours. Not Da Vinci. I, I don't know but um, about Da Vinci, but Einstein. He slept uh, like 15, tw- 20, 20 minutes every two hours. Every, yeah, something and like that, that ended up to be eight hours in a day. But oh. he also took other naps outside of that. Woods, as he told me. Maybe it was like four or something. Anyways, Da Vinci was only supposed to be sleeping like two hours a day. Which I don't know how you even function at that point. There's like a cool word for it, but I forgot it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what is, it's not insomnia, <laughs> obviously, but it's something, it's, it's something like It could have been. I bet that's what it was. That's right. I mean, I had, uh, and I was just talking to somebody, I'm about to start supplementing some like fresh cherry juice, mm. but I started taking melatonin. Mm-hmm. and uh, that has helped me sleep. It helps me go to sleep, and it helps me stay asleep for a long period of time. But, dude, when I think this, I think it's regulated my sleep to the point where I still need to set my alarm, but I will wake up mm-hmm. when it is time. Right. So have you done any research on melatonin? A little bit. Okay. Uh, just enough to know that for, uh, it's like anything. There will be a period of time if I stop taking it that my body won't produce it, so I could have some insomnia type event but um, you do naturally produce it you do so why have you gone with the supplement rather than just trying because i wasn't sleeping okay that's a hundred percent why dude is there is there a method of kicking up your your natural yeah yes the cherry juice okay cherries so you're gonna try and yeah well and like honestly i love cherries anytime they're in season i get them but when they're not in season there's like this organic juice you can drink that Mm. that, and you just like you want to drink it and like savor it sugar water that maraschino cherries come in oh god that's (laughs) like like when i was being told this i was like oh i used to love maraschino cherries and then i then i recall this video me watching maraschino cherries getting made and how they're like white yeah and then they dye them red yeah in that juice Mm. and i used to drink that juice out of the jar it's like hummingbird nectar. Yeah, it really, dude, it's good. I remember I used to love maraschino cherries, can't dude. can't be good for you, though. It's not. It can't be. <laughs> like, dude, here was my diet, like ramen noodles, Chef Boyardee raviolis, Dr. Thunder, Mountain Lightning. Like That's, that's it, gross, bro. It, yeah, but it's like, dude, do you think I was like making the dietary decisions? 
It's like that's always in the house. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and I think that like us being on the other side, like uh, like arriving at adulthood and all of this is like we have arrived, and unfortunately, we, we have like access to more information than ever Ugh, about yeah. nutrition. Like our parents could not Google dietary advice. Well, even if you can google dietary advice at this point again the internet's so saturated with like this person saying that yeah that but person, you know i'm not just gonna google you can watch documentaries journal, you're gonna listen to this cpr methods change every three years or so like is it more chest compressions is it more breaths is it both is it equal or do you just stand there and stare at him hard like what do you, what do you do for cpr you know so the nutrition thing is almost as absurd absurdly erratic you know and it can be all the fad diets and stuff yeah, but it, here's the thing it's like at least now we can sift yeah. we can pan we can keep try and yeah. make our way through the forest ideally you have a nutritionist who understands that there are different body types and can work with you to figure out yours and then you know exactly but i don't know do i don't know yourself, anyone guess, that has a nutritionist i don't i i'm not that i'm not in that echelon of financial success yet <sighs> See, and that's 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 something that um, I think like people. Somebody is arguing that we do not have a that there hasn't been an increase in mental health, uh, but they were really just arguing that the levels were similar to other countries, not that it had risen overall. And I think and that, and that it was population, and that's why it looks inflated and stuff. But I'm like, no, I really do think that that there is more of a national and international mental health blip going on. You right think now. that our mental health is is improving? No. In the current, no. no, it's crashing. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's for it's a several different reasons. Well, and part of it's cultural too. Like I think they're just like unhealthy habits that are cultural. Well, like, yes, exactly. And you don't even associate them with mental health. Well, like mass marketing, mass media, like subliminal commercials and all this stuff. Like, you know, like I, I, We'll never forget the Capri Sun commercials. I made a joke about them on a previous. Melted down into yeah. the like Alex Mack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that show, great. Thank you. We're flubber. Or like it was kind of a flubber type. Yeah, but thing, it was silver. But without like the, the basketball, t- the Terminator, the second one. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That guy. There you go. That was the best Terminator out of all of them. Okay. Right. Okay. I like the one with Christian Bale too. Salvation, I think it was uh, called. I never saw that. It was like the first real reboot without Arnie in it. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. T2 Judgment Day. I remember uh, that freaking me out when though, I was a kid. It's because every other Terminator movie has Arnie in it. How did they slip that one I think they him? put a couple in there without him. Really? Yeah, but I think that he's been in like four or five now total instead of just two. Because I remember, dude, that, that movie one, was right? playing every Sunday night at Masio's. Okay? <laughs> Let's just go ahead and just throw that out there. Like... I, you know what I want to do for the new gym? Like I've been telling Corey this. Um, you want I want to put in a nice window. I want to put martial arts arcade games, dude. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like TMNT, yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat. A little lounge area. Street Fighter. Like a cool off section. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always kids in there. Yeah. And honestly, just run it like you a side to- hustle. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a quarter to play. Yeah. And you've got some like healthy snacks and stuff in there that they can buy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're not working out today, but like. It's almost like after school program ish. A bunch of, of people want us to run like a juice bar or something, but like we're just not a juice bar. Like we're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's syringes in the fridge, man. Yeah. Help yourself. It's yeah. fresh batch. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you got any uh, new and exciting things coming up, man? Um. Any plans? 
You said you're looking for a job. I am looking for a job right now. I was uh, I was trying to get a hold of somebody about doing, uh, I guess it's medical report summaries for a lawyer's office because they deal with disability um, mm-hmm. stuff, trying to get people disability. But that's out of like Las Vegas and they are proving uh, unwilling to talk to me. So uh, really, I'm, I'm trying to find something that is either something I really want to do which doesn't seem like it's going to happen, uh, or something remote that I can do on the run and be as mobile as I want to be. Have you looked, is, are you able to adjunct any classes? Have you looked into that? I don't believe I am, given the state requirements. Interesting. You would think you could at least do like uh, philosophy to, or religious um, studies. I would have to, you, religious studies religions. I could probably poke into. But yeah. I would look into it, man. Adjuncting a course here I could probably there. teach Dykema's Christianity class. No, no slight on Peter. Hey, you know what? It was funny. Um, I was like, I talked to him for you know a few minutes. Doctor Dykema, how you doing? What's up, man? It's so good to see you. Like I was, I was pumped to see him. And um, he knew your birthday, surely. No, there's he, no well, way. He I was, was never like, expecting her. He was like, oh, call me Peter. And I was like, Mister Peter. <laughs> and he's like, this can be a, a transitional version. <laughs> of you know eventually calling me peter but yes mm-hmm. yeah and i was like oh all right man that's super <laughs> weird uh peter mr peter yeah. sir yeah uh but uh it's great to see like it was just it was like, an awkward i feel uh, like that last semester or last year of of college i was just like trying to because i was craving that mentorship kind of where am i gonna go do you know and i just i didn't find that relationship with any of my my favorite teachers or any of the professors uh, Luckily, I did. Department. I mean, yeah. I, I would say you did with Tarver, man. Well, I, I think that was it is different. That was not so much an academic. I've done some. I've I worked on a project with him on an encyclopedia that he's, he's working with. But uh, I mean, it's totally different. I was really looking for like somebody who's like, oh yeah, and you and that I could could act as a watching pad or or you know uh, a sounding board for me. On yeah. stuff, but you know, it just that that relationship never really formed with any of my professors, so I was you know released into the world. Well, I will say, like you know, who's been that with me more than anybody is Jeff Woods. Yeah, man. I think so. Like he's going to get his bike belt in six months, man. Yeah, in you, jujitsu. You guys just kept trading martial arts secrets, and so man, well that and he's he is he's a mentor to me, man. Mm-hmm. Like McMillan, like he's not even one of my professors or anything, but. I have been fortunate to have at the right times that I needed them in the areas that I needed them, mm-hmm. these different figures in my yeah. life. And, and many of them are still prevalent and some of them are not needed in the same ways mm-hmm. and they're pissed about it. And, but it's just like, man, there, there, there is sort of this coming of age peer status. Like I've been owning yeah. a martial arts gym and I generate enough income that like, there's a sect of people that I'm like, we can trade ideas about how to do things, but as long as I have way more students than you and generate way more income than right. you, there is an element. There's there's some sort of disconnect there with like, yes, I might steal an idea or two from you, but there's like a it's a At weird least disconnect. On a business uh, level, like you're you're outperforming. Right? Oh yeah, like we're outperforming the, most gyms in the state. You're the on a sensei business level. on the on the business level. It may not be your techniques may not be that great, but you're doing something right. It, my techniques don't have to be great anymore. We have Cora, she's a freaking champion, dude. Um, but yeah, she'll kill us all. 
I tell everybody that. I'm like, she's also a psychopath. Because yeah. people always are like, um, you know, you black belt. That's crazy. I was like, yes, my wife. She will whip your ass. She will kill you with her bare hands. I'm a, I'm, I don't even like, I've submitted so many people. It doesn't even excite me anymore. Like, <laughs> like quite literally, like coaching excites me, learning new techniques. But like the aggression of like, I'm going to fuck this dude up. Like that is, that is almost gone from yeah. my life. Like phil- philosophically, like I still have like the warrior philosophy, but me physically being like, oh, this dude disrespected me, you know, Right. Our process, our guys. Right. Uh, oh, I saw that you do. Let me just set you down real quick. I'm done with that, dude. Sure. You know, but I still roll. I still train. Right. I still submit people. I still tap to submissions. It's like, and I still learn all the time. I still go to seminars. I still bring people in. But, and I'll never stop doing that. Just like I'll never stop reading and writing and learning and watching Jesus documentaries and shit. Watching what documentaries? Jesus. Please share. Uh, well, I mean, you ever heard of Caesar's Messiah? Uh, that that's it's actually a good I've documentary, heard, go but it's conspiratorial. Oh um, wait, is it where is it the one where Jesus is like uh, never like a creation of the the Roman Empire? Yes, in the order, Flavians. Yeah. Um, basically, the same sort of thesis that people used to say Socrates didn't exist. Honestly, well, I mean, yeah, fair enough. And, and that Josephus was the Plato writing Socrates in that story who when Josephus oh, right. was captured in the Jewish wars was a like right. you know prophet of some sure. kind yeah but they I mean it, this guy his name's Atwell he makes some compelling points but it's like it's not anything I'm teaching in my classes it's yeah. not anything I'm propagating um any anything other than just like it's very interesting I, I don't think that I'm back and forth because you know like all that uh like we were talking about the holocaust or but that controversy with link like i've read i read into that and what link was arguing is he was saying and i don't that was rough agree with this. that was really but rough. he was like oh i can't insert this other viewpoint to bring about critical thinking that says yeah and there and everybody's like no you fucking can't that was rough i was it, on link's side for the first time in history i i sided with that well person. i just uh, there wasn't an enough uh, like i wanted to hear a recording or see some a yeah. piece of paper that had it documented and uh you know some of the professors that were around when that happened um that were involved with the reporting it mm-hmm. i read some of the things they had to say and it, it convinced me of enough to at least not it was just it's such a effed up unfortunate event that made all kinds of headlines but like that with the history of christianity story it's like in there this comes up with the sphinx and it's different points of history it's like at what point are we unallowed to introduce this other narrative i think that conspiracies and things like that are very good tools in teaching history to one generate uh conversation and critical thinking but then you you've got if you if you're unpreparing your your kids your your students for the real world because these things are out there and they're your students are going to crash into these sometimes ridiculous and absurd arguments and viewpoints and they've got to they've got to have heard them before one and then two they've got to know how to rationally and calmly deal with them Otherwise, they just keep circulating on Facebook and more and more people think the earth is flat and there's an ice wall hidden by NASA. And LBJ killed Kennedy. Well, 
Roger like I watched this Roger Stone documentary and this interview of this book that he had written and went down there I was talking to Thurman about it Uh, well that he that 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 he and his people that he had that LBJ set up the whole thing like that with the mob and the CIA and that he was really the guy that was behind everything and there's a thesis out there and it's that Roger Stone dude who's a a a Trump backer and he was a Nixon backer and um but I just, you know, you go down a rabbit hole, you get things presented to you as fact, as we were talking about earlier. And yep. it's like you, it's really luckily, I mean, you and I are trained I, and I still struggle with that. I'm trained to discern my way through that stuff and still make mistakes either like fewer, fewer than ever lately, but like sharing social media things mm-hmm. that are like, you know, what's and this is probably actually very indicative of where I am currently personally in so many ways. I, I watched a documentary or a video on Flat Earth. And was it the like definitive? I have no idea. But the, it was just one of them. And he was giving all of these like proofs. Did right? he have a weird voice? I don't remember. All Debay, I remember is. That's that guy's name. I remember Debay. how I felt during it. I felt Lied doubt. To? <laughs> no, I felt doubt. I felt like. Because and it's it's all rhetoric. But I felt doubt for the first time. I'm like, is the Earth flat? I don't know anymore. Here's here's what I uh, what I concluded working my way through all that noise. Yeah, is that um, there are like this is a fact, mm-hmm. and it bothers me what I'm about to say. And I'm not, and I I don't think the Earth is flat. But two facts: one, there are zero. And, and you can try and if you just go look it up later, I've already done it. And I've said this before. There are zero pictures of the entire earth in one frame from outer space. We haven't been far enough out and had a lens wide enough to do that. The technology has not existed. I think that's why we want to go to Mars personally. Um, more so than we have just to turn around and shoot back so we can see that perspective because all we have done mm-hmm. since the scientific revolution and before from Alexandria is look out and be like, Everything we see in front of us, that's applicable to where we're at, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that it, and you could you get into shifts of thought and from geocentric, the, you know, the, the scientific revolution being the blip where we, boom, we change the way we think about all of this natural world and natural philosophy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, really, it's like all, all that I am taking away from all of that is like empirically we concluded what we saw outwardly and applied it back inwardly. Mm-hmm. And we have not been able, there are no factual things of us looking back at the earth to give us a big enough picture. Like we've seen other planets. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. I want to see, cause like, that's the only thing that I found in the whole narrative that was like, cause man, you start hearing like I was watching Zeitgeist the other night and they were like going in I'm, I'm research. I'm looking up all these things. And it's like, yeah, it's just one of 10 different things about that, that Horace or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. But it's like it gets you looking through that noise. And that's one thing I found is that all of these images of the earth are created by uh, graphic designers mm. that have this data. Right. Which in, in many times it's like, you mean all, it's, so, it's like, this is, oh, you see, there's a storm here. So we I have just it. saw a picture from NASA um, of the globe with the Northern Lights. Yeah. You like probably saw halo. like, probably saw like a no, portion. It's a whole globe. It's a whole globe. Whole globe. Not like 360 around, but like, like if I were looking at it, size of a beach ball you know with the northern light halo is that like a graphic design thing you could see the whole planet oh yeah all, all yeah that was graphic design so what's crazy to me is like 
But why are they? You can only ever see like the top portion or something. Like it's like a like because it's so big and two uh like it would take up the whole frame of the photo is that how is that what we're doing yes with? Oh, yes that's what i'm saying there's not a lens so, that exists from so, the distance that we are at okay. is what what i've so concluded. you're seeing you're seeing photos on like social media and stuff like that oh from the international space station and it's like the whole and there's the you know it's off data they made it off data but that's not a photo i know i know it's so if you're gonna tell the truth tell the truth don't make stuff up just to try and, well they do you know? But nobody knows what it means. They say that it was created off data if you go look into it. Yeah, but that's that's a nice propaganda thing. You know, like, well, we told you that, you know, the fine print when you buy a car, you know, it's like, well, we told you. Yeah. It had a bus. Uh, they didn't tell us radiator. about Operation Paperclip, though, while it was happening. I don't know what that is. It's where we hired all these Nazi rocket scientists. Oh, yeah. World well, II. you want to get the best. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know. You gotta, yeah, even if they killed some kids because well, well, they're Jewish. Look, if they can get us the atomic bomb now where they're in so back to the thing i felt doubt i have been academically trained to critically think and to hold at arm's length information until i can verify it by several reasonable sources i felt doubt and that scared me because one i don't know if the earth is flat or not and two, how the hell are, you know, your... What do we know, man? Your communications majors. Well, no, they may... No, no. Your communications majors, your art majors, your your math majors, your engineers. What I mean, the guy welding, you know, since he was 14, what, what is he going to know? He's, he's going to read with his flat because his, his knowledge... That is a problem. Base, it's a problem. Like... What more of a problem percentage? than ever that's why people are arguing that yeah. everyone should that that um that internet could prevent that well or but but in, in, in actuality response. it might be worsening some what a, what a terrible response though to try and uh police the language and police the access to information which you know those who burn books will soon burn bodies like when you try to restrict the information instead of r- rather educate people you you refute it with more information you don't refute it by shutting down uh what's being said and but that's that's the main cudgel right now is no you can't say that and that is scaring me more because that's the first half of the 1900s strange times interesting times it is a weird and interesting time to to be alive that's why i say like earlier when i said 40 years from now reinterpreting the Trump impeachment right. and, and all of these things if and happens. having scholars. If, if well, I mean, for him. I mean, he's being impeached. He's obviously. being impeached. Yes. But so, it, like Clinton was. It, yes, yeah. exactly. But we've, yeah, other than Nixon resigning, but we've never removed a president from office through impeachment. No, right. Because, Johnson and, because Clinton had the votes in the Senate or whatever. Yeah. One vote. It, it, he two? fell one, one, two? one vote shy. I'm almost positive it was one. Okay. It was real. It was real close. It, or it was one. He, it he was did not Democrats. get impeached by the Democrats. One vote saved him in the in the the congress well and i wonder like my theory is trump doesn't get impeached he swings the republican party into line to do a joint resolution with democrats on marijuana legalization decriminalization on a federal level and gets reelected on that platform i what do you think about decriminalization like without like uh retroactive Without expunging records and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you got to expunge records. You have to. But oh, we are already seeing states that yeah, they're doing it's it. legal it's to and people are, are not being released. Like, people are oh, yeah, not released. every state is expunging records. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do that. Illinois. You have that, to. And uh, California. And I say uh, it, there's, I believe, a lag of a few years. And I want to say like California and then just like the... Um, 
the West and Northwest started kind of moving that, doing that first, and it's kind of swept this way. But I think, I mean, honestly, that's what needs to happen. Because these things, like, people can argue all they want, but it's like, honestly, if I don't pay $1,500 a month to student loans, I will put that back in the economy some other way. Mm-hmm. So there's no argument that says... the government says, needs your student loan money. Oh, exactly. That, but they, like they also, they also need to tax people who are causing our system to go into recessions because of speculation. Wall Street, big banks. Yeah. It's like... and. When they're not like just... that's like bernie wants to bring a speculation tax in oh well like it's like hey you're fucking with our system every time you do a trade so but but here you are because you're so wealthy paying zero taxes well you're gonna pay a you know every trade you make you pay a very small tax i don't know bernie to me sound smells like a rich guy who's pointing the finger at a whole bunch of other rich guys hey, bernie is i don't even while, know if bernie's a millionaire well I, I don't know, but that's what he smells like to me as a rich guy who's trying to point the finger at other rich guys who aren't him. Here's Well, here's the thing, man. All of those fucking rich guys are billionaires and should billionaires exist? You can. So here is the principle is carried forward. Is it your money? Did you earn it? Okay. And do you have the right yes, to keep it, right? But they live in a system it's a, where it's everybody, everybody else is being taxed but mm-hmm. them. Well, so they should be taxed. And that the same, is, right? like, and if you had a billion dollars, you're not spending money. You are withholding that shit from the economy, the, the, and you're paying starvation wages to your employees in all cases. Well, okay, so for for wages to employees, like it's an unfortunate truth that there are more people who need the work than there is work, and what that creates is a system where workers have less bargaining power for higher wages and that's why wages will stay low unless the government forces people to charge up which i think is iffy because it's my personal business i own a gym i can only afford to pay x number what it does is it lower it raises the the price of entry for small businesses here's how i view it is these these people that are billionaires small business to try and choke out billionaires and that doesn't choke out the billionaires they just move overseas or they do something else why are they evading taxes like why is he paying zero percent that's how our system's set up man well that's just it seems like like there are some very specific things that need to be changed that fix that problem without exactly in that that in my in my interpretation is shifting tax policy Mm -hmm. right because these people like tell me how the philosophy of what we're talking about is different than what we've said with like monopolies you have a monopoly you're fucking with our economy Mm -hmm. that's not allowed Mm -hmm. it's negative you can't do that right so we're going to come in we have as a society stood up and said monopolies aren't good because they allow for extortion and i think that we are going to do that um, extortion with billionaires like yeah, go look at, at how much Bill Gates pays, and and it's like that motherfucker needs to pay more. Yeah, he cannot pay less taxes than I pay. Well, so maybe we what? Why why aren't we looking at like something like income ca- uh, t- uh, caps? Like you can't. Oh, I you like, can't be I paid like that idea. A maximum. Yeah. Uh, We'll lower the taxes on individuals. We'll put in income caps, and then like we'll take profits out of businesses. Like that doesn't fit the capitalist model. No, it, it doesn't. You're going to have to come up well, with some and kind that's of like I, But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to protect private property rights and push some of the, the wealth into more oh, the I mean, I, I would not. I don't even feel like, I mean, does property ownership exist? How can I no, own something? It it, yeah, how if can I'm I own something that I rent from the government yeah, yeah, yeah. that my kids are going to sure. get stuck paying taxes for after I die? Yeah. 
I mean, you own your Xbox for as long as that you can keep it. The, that's the truth about all ownership, though. It's only it's up to you. Well, to I, was, be able to I guess retain, I was right? referring to land ownership, land, honestly, cars, yeah. whatever that you have to rent from the government. But even even at that, like anything that you own, including this lovely mushroom Thank statuary, um, seasonal timeout in my living room, so it doesn't get to be out there. Excellent. Um, like you'll only own this for as long as you can, as long as you can physically, you know, possess it, right? I might have to de- depreciate it out, man. It's not worth as much as it was when I got it. Right? The yeah, you want to pay. The government needs to know that. that that it's worth less, right? Like my my vehicle for the business. Yeah. Like the in all of my um, inventory and contents in the gym. Yeah. Every year they depreciate a little bit. Yeah. So you pay less taxes, hopefully. Uh. Well. Hopefully. You should. Yes, but if I go to get rid of it, I pay taxes on it. It's There's this weird thing. I don't thing. understand that kind of level of things. I buy a car, I pay taxes. Every year I'm paying taxes. Is it a road tax? Call it a road tax. Don't call it a uh, property tax. Oh, so check sense. this out. Like, uh, Why am I paying taxes on a primary residence? Can we talk about homeless, homelessness for a second? <sighs> Why are we allowing a system that puts people in bad situations? Because my primary residence... This this blew my mind when I became an adult, like, I don't know, two months ago, and realized that I can own a house that my great-grandfather built in, 100 years ago that has been in my family the whole time, that my dad bought for 10 bucks, right? Because of some bullshit official, you got to transfer thing, whatever. Um, people could move in around us, buy up all the land around us, put in nice, you know, very expensive homes that are well outclassed outclassing my house i don't have that kind of money i can't upkeep my house i can't upgrade it all the property value around my house goes up now my property tax goes up and i get pushed out of my land like that's a thing that can happen and does happen in inner cities and it happens in clarksville dude it happens in clarksville yeah, like right. people paying property tax in clarksville is a fuck show right now it's insane yeah like i've been like people been sh- uh, sharing like their 10-year challenge and shit yeah. from like clarksville property taxes i've yeah. seen a couple of people do that it's like three times higher it's it's insane and i i could go off on clarksville but i won't uh just talking about a town that doesn't know what it is and thinks it's russellville i said it. hey we think we're conway yeah well and you know that's how it works you know that's just all and nobody wants to be little rob no one <laughs> but they're all moving that we direction. all want to be northwest oh, God, arkansas my heart just pounded that's exactly what we're moving towards though and i see it in clarksville and i see it everywhere you see these little parts of town like there's a, a house right across the street from mine it is worthless it's falling in on itself we have vagrants in there all the time it's trash I think some the last time I heard anyone say it, she wants eighty thousand dollars. It's her old dad, her dad, her deceased dad's house. No one's been in that thing for thirty years. Eighty thousand dollars. It's not worth twenty dollars. You're gonna have to put in three hundred grand just to put a different house on that thing. But it's a dead zone. You go to Little Rock. What's wrong? You go down there by the river. There are empty, vacant buildings that are worthless. There's there's spaces for where no one is usually, especially no one with good character. And so it becomes uh, the only space for people who have nowhere else to go, which is a mixed bag. Some pe- some of those people are fine and just down on their luck. And you know what I they're going to stay down on their luck because they're staying in an abandoned building with a whole bunch of people who made bad decisions. Colby brought this up and Thurman was talking about this the other day. I think that shopping malls will entirely die out. Oh, sure. And that we will see shopping malls converted to homeless shelters. 
I've been saying that for a year and a half. That that's like gr- that's great. Uh, could, you know what? It got what made but it, it believable for me. Funding or some kind of private funding. Well, that's what they're doing a lot with uh, immigrants right now. That they're Shoving they're having to, well, like old WalMarts and shit, like uh, like warehouses that they turn into these holding centers. Mm. And they're they're like always like an old like think about how many buildings there are like that too. Yeah. Well, they just become these dead zones in town, and they become hideous and. No one does anything with them. I look at downtown Clarksville with all, or even, you know, you try to revitalize the historical downtown of any town, yeah. but inevitably half the buildings are That's what screwed us, man, yeah. is we got piggybacked on that because like, here's all this downtown stuff and we're like here. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll take it out to yeah. over here on both sides. Yeah. And it's like, we got lumped into, like if you've seen El Paso, yeah. headed down to take like all the sidewalks, bike path, yeah. drainage ditch walking path it looks lovely path. you know i passed by the the house that joe lived in in college your oh cousin, yeah, yeah yeah and that front yard has been cut in half and yeah. i just thought who's paying for that did Me. did they pay did they pay that house owner that landowner uh, the money they of the land they just oh ripped no out no you we i don't own you, you don't own right of ways and that's the effed up thing is well, like it's not a right of way you just came in and no, put in is. a 17 foot uh, sidewalk with a bike path through my front yard. You moved my mailbox. What the hell? Yeah, you don't own that part of the. I would have burned it to the ground. I would have put my hand. That's what they want, that concrete, dude. That's what dude. they want. I, I just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, and Do they I don't own this property. No, they probably not. didn't coordinate or tell the property owners that they were going to do it either. That's the bag. They didn't do that like this uh, photographer from tech. They were digging up her yard and they didn't do it. They no, never notified her, didn't tell her when they'd be done, how long. And that like we're in a, a place where it's like so many people are reporting that on social media that it's like in the in meanwhile the city is uh, they're getting more in the social media game because they have to because people are demanding is there it. a i haven't seen one there's a a spoof account for like the city of fort smith the city of fayetteville and uh is greenwood okay. i don't know if there is one but there should, should be, be. Yeah. someone get on that there's a face fake facebook account and they're they're hilarious but they've got like the official picture and everything it's great yeah yeah well, dude, let's go ahead and wrap it up, man. Let's do it. So we've been going about two hours. Sounds great. I kind of got to pee. pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's three-hour a- podcast take a long time to upload. Plus, I feel like we have really had a good conversation. I feel I feel cleansed, and that's really why I came. That's why we do I this. needed a mental cleansing to kind I, of I raced you off stuff. on my list of podcast guests. It hurts so. a little bit, but I'll be back sooner, sooner You can, dude. Uh, be working on uh, what to do. Let's try and do a History Unraveled episode, it. whether it's the Roman Kingdom or whatever. I'm probably going to do uh, like a Roman Kingdom lecture for my students and do, record yeah. the audio. Um, which I have about a little less than 20 pages of notes if my memory serves me correctly. Sure. But I may just email you my notes, see what you think. Yeah, maybe, maybe I can intersperse your content with mine. That's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to use, I've been looking at my notes and I've been trying to find launching pads for research. Well, Livy writes at least half well. that story, if I'm not mistaken. He's the Republican historian who wrote the history of the Roman kingdom period for Rome. Excellent. Livy. Do you remember a guy L-I-V-Y. named Justin Brand that was in our uh, Krieger classes? Real kind of preppy looking dude, mustache, kind of spiky hair. Nope. Uh, no, not a spiky hair. He has parted hair. Uh, but yeah, Justin Brand. Glasses? No, I don't remember. Mm, let me see if I, let me see if he's on Facebook. But he he was he's in a lot of like I want to say he was in Enlightenment, philosophy, religion. He sure. was in several classes with us. Oh. Um, let's see. Side note: While you're doing that, I'm gonna start making mead mead yeah 
Oh, yeah, this guy. I've got. He is on Facebook. I got 60 pounds of honey. Uh, like, maybe. Yeah, he was. He uh, was younger, and some people just don't age well. And maybe yeah. I haven't aged as well. I need to have Justin on the podcast, dude. That guy was blowing my freaking mind about history. And he works in the registrar's office. Oh, it, yeah, and he drives a Beamer, dude. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, That's nice. nice but uh, yeah, I do. But man, every time I talk to him in the hall, he's like, he's like super articulate, and he he knows more than me about the history of Rome. And he was telling me, he's like heard you lecturing about Scipio and the Punic Wars. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've just been learning some stuff about it. What do you know about yeah, and, he, and he was just like, well, you know, right before that battle you were talking about, uh, Scipio's father and brother had been killed in the field. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. And then he just started dropping all these details. He's like, you really need to look into the Smithsonian source. They did a series of, yeah. and that's how the dude talks. And like, he's, he's a very articulate dude. And like, knows his stuff mm-hmm. like he's got to be a genius like uh because he hasn't applied like with me i knew a lot of history man but like teaching a whole course on it yeah on like yeah 20 different cultures or however many. you gotta organize it you gotta have and and you can only go time. so deep with some so yeah it's true anyways i'm making alcohol and then two i'll leave you with I, what i was looking into was it seems that the roman republic was born out of uh some either spousal abuse or out of like the rape of lucretia yeah 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 so <laughs> yes and well there's the two there's two stories of rape right, there's the okay. rape of the sabine women there's the rape of lucretia yeah well i think is that her name it's her like brother or her husband it's it's one of some male she, family she's a roman family member uh, right uh, upper echelon family. they kill the emperor and basically make a republic yeah. and that's kind of the downfall of the etruscans well there was a senate in rome yeah. From even the time of Romulus, it was yep. his closest advisors. The strongest men in Rome. Uh, the the Patras. Kind of, kind of a, let's be honest, they were a military council. That's what they were. Yeah. And even like when the you, elder, uh, what what are they called in Sparta? The people over 60. Oh, I don't know the name. Damn it. I know what you're talking about. Council of Elders. Yep. They're, they're, yeah. Um, there's probably somewhere a, that's like a name. Pericoioi or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, that there's all I, I would just have to have my notes. In but even when you got the the plebeian and patrician class, oh like yeah, the, the House of Lords and Commons. Basically, hey, I would love to do Empire. one on that, man. I need. I, I felt more confident going through that. But man, the Republic is a. Well, that that's during the kingdom too. Like you've got you've got the monarch. Yeah, the he's patrician got the two and plebeians. Houses, yes, right? and then he's also got the Senate. So that these people would talk. No one would care about what the plebeians had to say. And the king would be like, okay, well, I'm going to run it by the Senate. And That does. That dovetails nice. I noticed that this time through is that the, the late kingdom period and the early p- republic politically dovetail mm-hmm. in, in relation to not the monarchy, but mm-hmm. like the legislative branch. And well, there does, yeah, there does seem councils. to be like some kind of like beginning elements to the American Republic here. Like y- you would think that we looked back in time and saw. We did. We saw these two horribly (laughs) failed institutions, democracy in Greece and Republic over here in Rome. We're like, fuck, maybe we can make that last twice as long. Twice as long. And we haven't even come close yet. We'll We'll see what happens. All right, dude. All right. All right. We'll see you later, man. See ya.